0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. It is Thursday, August the 6th, and we have another feast day. Uh, I know we just had one two days ago, Uh, St. John Vianney. Well, today we celebrate the Feast of the Transfiguration of the Lord. So pretty major one, Uh, one we just prayed for uh, in our rosary, in the luminous mysteries of the rosary, uh, not but two weeks ago. In fact, two weeks ago to the day. So, uh, we are going to step out of our normal, we were in Matthew 15, our sequential reading of the gospel. We're going to jump to Matthew 17 today. So, for those who um, follow along with the gospel in scripture, Matthew 17, verses 1 to 9, let's break open the word. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus took Peter, James, and his brother John. And led them up a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, conversing with him. Then Peter said in reply to Jesus, in reply, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud cast a shadow over them. Then the cloud came from, then from the cloud came a voice that said, "This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him." When the disciples heard this, they fell prostrate and were very much afraid. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, "Rise and do not be afraid." And when the disciples raised their eyes, they saw no one else but Jesus alone. As they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, Do not tell the vision to anyone until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, my friends, there is so much in this gospel. I mean, we could break it open for a long time, but I have been really wordy and verbose this week in my podcast, so I'll try to make this one a little quicker. Bless you all, but it's so good. So let's take a look. Ultimately, my friends, it it's it's speaking to us of a mountaintop experience on which we see God in in what a more clear way in a more glorified way um that that the the outer stuff is stripped off for just a moment and we see god in his glory in in the form of jesus christ as white his his clothes became dazzling white as bright as light and and not only that we get moses and elijah which of course um, signify the entire Old Testament, uh, the law and the prophets, the law being Moses because it was believed that he wrote the first five books of the of the uh, Old Testament, which is called the Law, the most important parts of the Old Testament, those first five books. And then the prophets is summed up in Elijah. And so in a sense it's saying Jesus speaks uh, to and and through, the whole Hebrew scriptures, he is the fulfillment of them. And they gather together on, on what is believed to be Mount Tabor, uh, although it's not mentioned specifically here, uh, on the mountain, and they converse. And, um, and Peter, of course, in his Peterness, because he's good, bless him, he's not afraid to speak, he's just impetuous and uh and often you know speaks before he he thinks and and this may be another case of that where he says lord it's good that we are here you know if you wish i'll make 3 tents for you one for moses one for for elijah one for you and 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 it's like oh man what what are you doing these these mo- these these episodes these these times when when the outer is is no longer stopping us from seeing the interior, the, the true nature of, of who someone is, ultimately who God is within this person, they're momentary. They're not meant to be uh, sedentary. They're not meant to be uh, at some place where we establish ourselves. We are meant simply to take them in and praise God for them because they are passing. They are fleeting. Uh, and, and Peter is trying to nail it down and say, "Let's just have you and Moses and Elijah here for a while, and I like it here, and I want to stay here." And you know what? I don't blame Peter or look for that, because I'm no different. I want to stay there too. But our God looks at me, and he looks at you when you want to stay there and say, "It's OK. Let this be enough. Let it be enough." It's, moment, it's momentary. And brothers and sisters, in a sense, isn't that true in, in our life how we experience God? We experience Him numerous ways and in, in unique ways, but it's often only fleeting. It's just for a moment, and it's, it's when we least expect it because you know what? When they're walking up a hill on a hike, they, they're not expecting it either, and then boom, it's in front of them. I remember a good friend of mine, Um, This was years ago, talking about how she was walking into Walmart, holding the hand of her young son, and boom, everything just made sense in that moment. In Walmart parking lot of all places. Um, But there it was, and it was only for a moment, and then it was gone. And then she was back to going into Walmart. Now, on the other hand, for Thomas Merton... He was on a corner in, I believe, Memphis, Tennessee. And from that moment, he knew everything made sense, that he loved everybody on that corner and on that street, even though he knew none of them, The things were just open for a moment. It doesn't have to be that deep. I, I have not had a Merton-esque moment. But I can tell you this. Two days ago, my daughter Molly was sitting on our bed with her guitar, playing me a song that she is learning. And there was a just a brief moment that I just, I got chills. And I'm like, this is so beautiful. I mean, brothers and sisters, it's those moments where the essence comes off and we see the divine. You know, it's so beautiful in Lent. and And you can write this down. The second Sunday of Lent, we always hear the story of the transfiguration. Well, you know what story we hear the first, always, the first Sunday of Lent is um, the temptation in the desert. And and doesn't that culminate not only who Jesus is, but it does culminate who Jesus is. But it culminates who we are. Because, of course, brothers and sisters, we are dipped into Christ. We are another Christ. The Christian is another Christ. That is not New Age thinking. That is That is rock-solid Christianity, that we are dipped into that, that image of Christ because that first Sunday of Lent speaks of the humanity of Christ, the temptation um, in the midst of this life because we carry that. But this carries the divinity of Christ. And brothers and sisters, don't hear me wrong. I'm not saying you and I are divine and we are God, but I am saying we carry the divine within us because that is God's good favor to us. We carry that spark because of God's, we carry God's essence. And that too is very Catholic, very Catholic. We carry the essence and the spark of God within us. And every now and then we get that chance to see it in each other, in creation, in, in a moment. Oh, and we want to stay there. <laughs> we can't but that's the blessing. And those moments when we want to stay there were Peter, and that's okay. Second thought, and it'll be my last one. Um, Jesus, uh, you know, Peter, uh, the, oh, this large cloud comes over them after Peter says, listen, we want to stay, going to build you tents. Uh, and a bright cloud cast a shadow over them. Then a, from the cloud came a voice that said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And they fall prostrate. And, uh, and when they open their eyes, it's just Jesus. Just Jesus. It's just, just Molly again on my bed. It's just my friend and her son in a Walmart parking lot. It's just a street corner in Memphis. We're back. We're back. But this is the point. The same voice from the cloud is the same voice upon Jesus' baptism when he is baptized in and comes up out of the waters or in Luke when he's in the midst of prayer after his baptism. Uh, And it says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. But this one adds the line, listen to him. The first, the baptism, doesn't have that. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. This one, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Why would that be? Conjecture. But I, but I think I'm, I'm not far from the target. Um, the transfiguration of the Lord in all three of the synoptics, uh, because I don't think it takes place in John's Gospel. It's only in Matthew, Mark, Luke takes place almost immediately after the confession of Peter at Caesarea Philippi, where he says, you are the Christ. And then immediately following that confession, Jesus speaks of how he must go into Jerusalem and the suffering and passion that will take place and his death. And Peter takes him aside and says, no, that's not going to happen. And Jesus says, get behind me. Who's following who? Get behind me. Um, I, I lead here. So in a sense, I think, since the transfiguration is happening again, it's showing Peter, James, and John, yeah, you know who he is. You got that part right. He is divine. But listen to him. When he talks about the stuff of coming down the mountain, I know we want to stay on top in the glory part. We like that part. But when we come down the mountain, he's going to speak more about passion and death, uh, about three days in the grave. Uh, he's going to take you to places you don't want to go. But it's okay. Listen to him. Remember earlier in the week, Jesus walking on water, and we got to listen for that word, come, come. Even if it calls us out of that comfort zone, calls us into the midst of the fury of the storm, as long as we keep our eyes on him, we're going to be okay. Same, same thing here. Listen to him. We're going to have our own passion and deaths. Um... As long as we listen to him and stay with him, it's okay. We're going to be, we're held in the best of arms. And, and this brothers and sisters, last thing I will say, remember, because we are dipped into Christ, uh, we are immersed into Christ and we rise a new creation, uh, a new Christ as it were, that voice speaks for us too. This is my beloved daughter. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He's not just well pleased with us when we are good and when we are doing things correctly. Thank God he loves us in the midst of those times where we blow it to. We are the beloved because we carry the spark of the divine within us. May we be graced again on God's good time and measure to be able to see it because it is there. And may we thank God for those moments of transfiguration. Let's pray. Now, I blew it yesterday. (laughs) I thought of it when I was driving in and um, mentioned the uh, third joyful mystery of the incarnation. (laughs) when we're going over the glorious mysteries this week, yeah, not quite sure why I did that. We'll go back to the glorious today. If there is someone or something for which you would like to pray, I invite you to call that to mind. And let's begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. The fourth glorious mystery, the Assumption of Mary. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God's blessings to you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to uh, break open God's word with me today, and blessings on the rest of your Thursday.